What's good, Internet, and welcome to session 30 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. As always, I am your dashing, handsome host, Alex Arona, and with me this week is the always flammable, sometimes buoyant, and surprisingly edible marshmallow. I mean, Joel DeWitt. Shit, man. thought you were a food item. I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, possibly hungry, mostly disappointed, and you forgot white. Very white. <laughs> Yeesh. Well, always joining us in our coveted third chair, Eric Getty Gettinger. Hey, Getty. I heard you are the future champion of auto chess. You go straight to hell, Alex. I'd rather play Time Crisis 2 on a PlayStation 2 without the light gun. Maybe we can hook you up with one of those Nintendo Switch ring fitness things you'd play with Time Crisis with. No. Why do we keep you on here? Every time you come up with something more sadistic. Well, no time like the present. Let's get to Early Adopters, where we play alphas, betas, and games generally that are on the cusp of being out or just right after release. This week, Joel, you took a bullet on this one. I said I was going to and never got around to it. Tell me about Speaking Simulator. <laughs> yeah, uh, Speaking Simulator is in the vein of something like uh, Goat Simulator or Octodad or Co-op. It's basically a exercise in frustration under the premise of humor. So, uh... And I mean that in a nice way, nicer than I made it sound. But so basically, the premise is that for some reason, your aliens using robot human bodies uh, to try to communicate with other people. Okay. And as a robot person, you're trying to talk with people without raising the suspicion that you're not a person. The okay. controls of the controls of it are that you use uh, WASD to move around your tongue in your mouth. The good old WASDs. Yeah. And uh, you use your mouse to control the shape of the character's lips. So, like, you'll click down on the mouse, and then you will move up and down or side to side to change the shape of the mouth. And it's basically you, like, going back and forth between they'll give dialogue of the person you're talking to, and then they'll put text bubbles underneath your character, and you'll be sort of using your mouse to flap up and down the person's lips, and then trying to move the tongue in a way that's somewhat approximating, like, the words that are coming out on the screen. <laughs> so, like, it, it, it's really kind of... Uh, floppy in the way everything is moving around and <laughs> how would you even know like unless you're yeah. watching yourself like watching yourself talk i don't understand that i could i could do something like this why does my tongue need to go to the left or the right in order to say words <laughs> it's usually just up and down so I don't, I don't think that needs to but they just gave you that extra control for funsies i mean it's <laughs> it's it's really absurd and the so like one really disturbing thing that commonly happened when i played was that if you swing your tongue around too much, you can like prod your teeth out uh. of your mouth, and that's like yeah, what? Yeah, that's, uh. that's like one of the most. As I get older, that's one of the most disturbing things that I can visualize in my head, and it's like that's the easiest thing you can accomplish when playing this thing so far. Uh. So it was just this awful body horror kind of situation. I said it twice, and I'll say it a third time. It's uh. just <laughs> crazy and. Uh. When you said that you didn't, like, it's the same kind of pre uh, premise as Octodad, right? Where there's not really a clear rhyme or reason why an octopus is parading around as a dad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The same idea, like, these aliens, they just want to mimic a human. And there's not, like, some sinister plot in the background going on. 
So, bearing in mind, this thing's a beta, so it was only a, a limited slice of what you get to play right. for it. But the the premise was pretty straightforward uh, in that sense. And actually, to be honest, I, I missed it at first because I played the game at first, and it freaked me out that I was popping teeth out of his mouth. Ugh. And yeah. yeah but somehow understanding that it was a robot when i paused the menu and and some of the settings i found that out it was like that's a little better but it's still kind of gross (laughs) that you're you know playing a robot but it's frightening it's you know if this is something where the full version was really fleshed out with the bizarre humor the same way that these other games kind of are and uh like even the menus they're written in absurd ways where like the quit button said something like it was more like give up rather than you know quit the game <laughs> or stuff like that like if, if they really lean heavily into it and have good writing i, I could see it being like a fun time waster like those other things are i'm not gonna go as far out to say that it's like just a joke game but definitely this kind of stuff rides or dies on the humor or absurdity that you can create with it right so no let me tell you i turned uh, surgeon simulator into a party game with uh, me and beth and i got that from rooster teeth but what the way it worked was that the in surgeon simulator you have the wasdies control your fingers and the mouse moves the hand up and down. You only have one hand to perform surgery. So Beth would take the mouse, and I would do the WASDs, and it became a whole mess. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and again, it's if you have a bunch of people together as a party, you can make a lot of fun humor out of it. So if, if this game has uh, the premise of having a good, fun story to tell... I mean, again, the afternoon me and Steve beat Octodad. I was crying mm-hmm. so hard I was laughing. Or I was cr- laughing so hard I was crying. Nope, other way around. <laughs> <laughs> Crying so hard you were laughing. <laughs> Crying yeah. from laughter. Yeah. But no, it, it, so this, does it seem like it can do that? Do you think it could come with a catchy pop song at the end like Octodad? I don't know if they can reach that heights. I, I mean, Octodad, Octodad tied in the awful, like purposefully awful controls with the absurd premise, with consistent humor throughout the game mm-hmm. in a cohesive story oddly enough as thin that as the story did. was i don't have enough of a slice to get a good sense if they're going for that much right does it it could just as easily be something where they might slice humor in between all the levels and flavor text throughout the game too but i didn't it's i don't have enough to tell whether they have an idea for like a cohesive through line for it all so it's that's sort of the question that's in the back of my mind and if they did do that then i think it's something that wouldn't be a hard thing to buy at a reasonable price right yeah. like a ten dollar mm-hmm. price point or something now tell me a little bit about the game itself you have a i assume it's like a 2d profile of a face Is that- it's actually more of a 3d so it's mm-hmm. like a 3d model that's it's pretty simplistic looking they will show you your profile and then like a meter at the top being mm-hmm. like a warning meter yeah. and as you're flapping your gums and you're doing things that seem kind of bizarre according to the dame it's only meter... flapping your gums if you've lost all your teeth first uh. <laughs> yeah it's all i can think about now is just gumming like now imagine if you're on a date and then that happened to you and they just like will just play it cool i could get through this Nope, I would be on the other side going, ah! <laughs> and then you try to give him a toothy grin. 
<laughs> Two teeth left. Okay, so continue. Uh, so, so you're you're the real the dame is really just like coordinating both hands at the same time in these movements to try to make a fat simile of what those vowels and consonants thrown into a word looks like. But it's 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 really imprecise like a dame like this has to be. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't get a sense that there was like a way to really be stilled at it, right? It, it feels very fumbly in the way you worked with it, which I, I think that's just kind of the way it is, just like those other games are. You know, it, it would be hard to be, like, stillful and truly, like, able to be nimble about it. And there were other things, like, on the roof of your mouth, there were little buttons that you could press with your tongue, and that would cause stuff for, like, your ears to pop out, like, as if they were, <laughs> like, coming out of the robot itself, or, like, an eye bulging and stuff like that. So I, I, I again, I, I really think the hook of this game is going to be how much humor and laughs you can get out of a playthrough of it uh, as well as how good the writing might be or how many different toys they have within that construct of how you control it so if they can add more like optional silly things or ways to have variability in how you approach different levels then i could see a little bit longer tail to it Uh, but it's going to be dependent on a lot of things that i just the beta itself didn't show its cards with. Okay. The thing about Octodad and, uh, to a lesser extent, Sur- well, more to an extent, uh, Surgeon Simulator, I felt like I, I could get flashes of brilliance where I would move my hand and I would hit the WASDs just the right way where it looked like I'd starting to get the hang of it. I very rarely did, and in most cases it all blew up in my face. But like I'd move Octodad and I would get the, the feel of his feet moving relatively quickly. Yeah. And so you get these flashes of brilliance like, oh, I think I can get it. And the fun of it is you really don't. But it encourages you to keep going. I, I wonder, like, I know how to look at a hand and know how it mm-hmm. should move. I know how to look at, like, a four-legged creature and know how it should move. I don't know if I know how my mouth and my tongue and my lips move. Mm. You mean you don't stand in front of a mirror every day and do your talk practices? Yeah. How else do you do this podcast? I wing it every time. Oh, that's why <laughs> I knew it. That explains everything. <laughs> yeah, it just yeah. I just wonder if there will be those flashes of brilliance. I don't know. It's kind of tough to tell. I mean, it's just with the picture that I got of it. I, I feel like this is more Goat Simulator than Octodad. Okay. I, I'm. I'm. My perception is that it's going to be more. More joked than something with a high steel ceiling that you could really get slick at but uh time will tell it'll come out eventually and then we'll have a better idea of it and i i am curious to see what price point they choose because i think that'll also sort of show their hand about what they expect it to be too that's true well thanks joel for giving us a little Mm -hmm. bit on speaking simulator no i i did it you just you know throw the stuff you don't want to touch at me and then uh you two did to do the fun stuff. Well, it's like not when, always. It's like Sometimes review, I get stuck with the. <laughs> it's like how you review games for that that Nintendo website. We just find the weird stuff and then we say, "Okay, Joel, pick your poison." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and speaking of us, me and Getty getting the good ones, Getty, we yeah, played yeah. Ghost Recon. Point Break. Nope. Breakpoint. I know. <laughs> I was because I wasn't sure if we would be allowed to talk about it 
Well, I think the NDA is up. I think when it, the the beta went live last weekend, I think it was the NDA was in effect. But now people are talking about it, so we're good to go. Uh, I definitely saw some people posting videos. Mm-hmm. All right. So tell me about Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Point Break. All right. So we got to play it on the PlayStation 4. I even made Steve play it for a little while. So I haven't played any of the other Ghost Recons recently, but this one was a third-person shooter. You can do either single or Mm squad-based. And uh, I really don't want to talk about the story because I feel like it'll ruin it. Well, this is actually a a follow-up to Wildlands. Okay, so... We we should talk about the story. I, I don't know what what you want. So to do. if you don't feel if you don't feel comfortable talking about the story, do you think the premise is compelling or engaging? Uh, you see, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think a lot of people found it kind of cheesy. As you are a sole survivor from your squad, uh, not the sole survivor, but it looks like there's a couple of other people that survive. And then once the world starts to open up, you get to a base camp with other sole survivors. But I'm bump. <laughs> so that single player, uh, it makes you feel kind of good about yourself. Like, yeah, look at me. I'm I'm striking out on my own. And then it's like, oh, wait, there's a camp with like 50 other people that also survived in it. Wow. So that, that really feels a lot like when we played the Division 2 beta, Alex. Yeah. Like, they kind of had a similar premise of like the world's going to shit and... Like you're, you're the only one. You're the only one, and then you encounter a base camp, and then of course that's just like with every other live game. It's like everybody is the the true hero here. Yeah, I feel like this kind of started with Destiny, the first one, where it was like, oh look at you, you're this hero that was just resurrected. Oh, you're all alone. Wait, nope. There's a tower filled with other people just like you. Oh. I don't have time to explain what I don't have time to explain. Yep. Oh, here's a ghost. Oh, I found your body in a scrap heap. You are the chosen one. Yes, the chosen one. For the wizards on the moon. Okay, continue. Oh, okay. So, very limited tutorials in the game, but after you crash land, it's pretty straightforward. You're trying to survive. You need to shoot some of the hiding mechanics. They felt pretty good. You could, like, crouch down, or you could roll around in the dirt to try and hide yourself. And the diversity of weapons. This is something that I really liked. Uh, they start you off with a handgun, but you can quickly find an assault rifle, submachine guns. I didn't find any heavy machine guns, but I know that How they're there. How is the sniper rifle? The sniper rifles, I tried one of them. It felt pretty good. I, for this one, I really focused on the assault rifles because dun, 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 there's skill trees. Also, also, just a note, the weapons are very much of the RPG Destiny element where like you can find a green assault rifle or a blue assault rifle. And same with like you can get boots and other types of gear. Yeah, so you have that power up like ranking system for your gear. Yeah, that there's uh, a there's a gear level blatantly on your screen uh, on the the subscreen. I felt like they kind of blindsided you with that because you're going along and then like a plot point happens. And then you look down into a valley of a whole bunch of tough guys. And it's like, these guys are power level 150. Yep. And uh, you, you know what the first thing that Steve did was? What? He made a beeline for them. Yeah. <laughs> he, he yeah. Leroy Jenkins did. He immediately mowed down. And he's like, wait, why did they kill me? Like, bro, <laughs> there's like a little skull and it says like power 150. Power level like 
15. How many games does he play where there are leveling systems in it? <laughs> all. Oh, man. All he of loves the games. And he, right. loves he, he should be well acquainted with that idea by now. Yeah. <laughs> he knows He knows better. It's just fun to watch. Uh, yeah, so uh, anyway, the skill trees. So the skill trees, you can pick your like uh, assault class, which is tanky, your medic, your scout, and your sniper. Now, when Alex and I briefly played together, we decided that I was going to go assault to tank a little bit, mm-hmm. and you were the sniper. Yep. And did you end up picking up a sniper rifle while we were going around? Oh, I had two of them. Oh, that's right. At one point, you had two sniper rifles. <laughs> one in each slot. I was just swapping between them. <laughs> uh, how did you like the sniper rifles? I liked it. I liked it. It was easy to pull off headshots. It felt comfortable. The shooting is decent. It's decent. It's There's something... I don't know. Just to give, I don't play a whole lot of shooters, so it's it's not a Destiny. Destiny, for some reason, it just... They, the, I think your cursor is kind of magnetized to headshots, so it's just easy to just like headshot after headshot. And in this case... I felt like it did take a little bit more precision to it. There was a little bit more of a skill ceiling. There was sway too, right? There was sway, and those mm-hmm. those enemies were wily. They were they were they were taking tactics. They were serpentining, and they were hiding behind cover. Yeah, the bad guys actually felt pretty smart in this one. Mm-hmm. They were Even flanking us. To, yeah, just to be a beta to show that it's that complete where there is squad based tactics. Even for the the guys that you're fighting against, that felt pretty good. Was there good in-game banter? There was no in-game banter. There was none, yeah. Uh, zero out of ten. Not buying. <laughs> well, okay, so you could get the, like, emoji wheel so that you could, like, give the guy next to you, like, the thumbs up. Or uh, When Steve and I got to the camp on his mm-hmm. playthrough, he ended up buying one of the emojis so that he could, like, uh, <laughs> rock out with people. <laughs> How many dabs? I didn't see any dabs, but you know that they are, have to be dabs. Flossing? I want to dab so hard. You know that there's flossing. Come on. There's That's flossing Bush in League. Destiny. Exactly. I, Everything I... is flossing. <laughs> is Wait, is there flossing in Destiny? Yeah, yeah, that was one of the first emotes I downed back when we played. <laughs> That's so cool. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So dumb. <laughs> so That and riding the pony. Yeah. That's pretty good. Now, again, I would take it for dabbing. <laughs> Jeez. No, no. We okay. want realism in our games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is real. Uh, so exploration on the map. Now this was really kind of fun. Uh, Alex and I found ourselves exploring the map, and uh, we were driving along in one of the cars, and mm-hmm. we noticed there was a question mark. If you go over by the question mark, it's usually a camp or some type of area that you can explore, and uh, there's loot chests. Yep. Yes. And I was, said it, and what, I liked, what I liked was that there were hidden paths. If you went down and there'd be a bunker in a cave and you could explore it and find more loot chest or whatever the currency was. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a little boring, but I like the idea that there were these things off the beaten path. That if you just like climb up this hill, go around, and you could start seeing like a, uh, markings on the rock that you could just turn around and be like, oh, there's a whole ladder down here into a cave that has all this extra stuff in it. Well, Alex, what you missed is that later, when you start to get a little bit further along, mm-hmm. when you come across those caves and you find intel, mm-hmm. so that was what you went up to. You could like examine it. Uh, the intel actually takes a different shape, so you get to pick between a couple of different options. So you could either get some intel on an enemy camp that's located nearby, or you could find the location of a like a specific weapon. Oh, so those gameplay ramifications. 
Yeah, for the intel. Now, I didn't get to test it out to see if it happened if you were in a squad of more than one people. So, like, I take the enemy camp and you take the pistol. Mm -hmm. But it still then marks it on your map. All right. So that was really kind of nifty. I didn't notice it until, like, the fourth or fifth question mark camp that I hit. And I was like, oh, look at this. Like, you can move down and you can select a different option. So that's when I started to, like, try and find better guns for myself. Very cool. Also, uh, the you were getting to before, but I cut you off. There are skill trees because it's a class-based shooter, so you could. Become, oh yeah, yeah. You could be uh, a sniper. Like I was a sniper, and that I actually got it. You could be a tank, a medic, or a scout, and each one would give you new abilities. Like I think with the sniper, uh, when I was sniping and I was looking like uh, looking down my, the lens of my scope, I could mark targets. But I could also now, if I put points in my skill tree, I could send out a drone that'll mark targets for me. Mm -hmm. So we didn't play too far into it in order to, well, I should rescind that comment a little bit. We got to the point where if you get to the camp, at least I did, they automatically give you 10 skill points to invest into your tree. Nice. So you can experience the beta a little bit better. But I only did the assault class, so I don't know exactly what the other ones really entailed if they were much better but it seemed like it all fed off of the same one skill tree but it's it's a big know. it's a big it's a web for sure it was pretty big yeah i the thing is i'm really glad that getty had a great time and he's he is very hopeful for a game like this he likes a lot of squad based shooters the gears of war and whatnot and i mm. like a solo first person shooter campaign more like a doom or a wolfenstein but for me, my experience, I don't know, I hit Jank City. And I, and I don't, yeah. don't want to say, I don't want to get too negative on it, because this is, again, a beta, and this is probably just a network test. But mm -hmm. there were two crash points for me where I was Skyrimming up a hill, and then it just locked me into the hill. Or whenever I did start a game, like when I would log into the, the beta, I generally spawned without a gun for the first minute and a half. <laughs> I seen it. Yep. <laughs> Just yeah, stuff like that where it would it would hard lock my character into like I I got hurt, and he's limping and I have to heal myself, but that for some reason me getting hurt kind of locked me in that position where I couldn't shoot, I couldn't pull out a weapon, I couldn't heal myself, I couldn't do anything until I reset. So I didn't have any of those problems. So exactly, and that you know, and that's that's why it's a beta test. Some people get them, some people don't. I don't want to focus too much on the negativity. I just wanted to say that in this case. I think that I I hope that their launch goes a little bit smoother when it does come out relatively soon. I think that there's still three four weeks until it launches for real. Yes, first yeah. week of October. Mm -hmm. So uh, this really scratched my destiny itch. If I'm gonna really be critical of the gameplay, uh, there was one thing that kind of bothered me. What's that? And uh, whenever you do uh, the fire down the scope, mm -hmm. the camera would always start back over your shoulder and then move in man not a fan of that <laughs> that is it's, so, it's just so you mean picky, like to, to clarify you mean like your reticle might be somewhere specific you want to aim towards but when you try to go into the scope it would go back to over the shoulder and it would start over down. the shoulder and then move in to the reticule okay and i was like oh, why do we got to keep doing that like i don't know it wasn't. It wasn't Maybe a smooth transition to zoom in on your scope. To zoom in on your I scope, think it took like a second and a half. Just me getting used to third-person shooters as opposed to the first-person shooter, where you don't have to 
deal with that. It's all right in front of your face. I don't know. It, it was good. I really enjoyed it. It's something that I'm really going to consider not at launch. I already am invested in Borderlands 3 tomorrow. So, tonight. Uh, uh, one other note. I don't know we, if I'll get it tonight. <laughs> we had some good times uh, in a Jeep. I was in the back with a big gun, and Getty was off roading oh, yeah. like nuts. Yeah, the vehicle handling was solid. It was oh, real yeah. solid. Uh, he was trying to drive up the hills. going up a mountain. Yep. That's something I appreciate when a dame does uh, vehicle movement right, especially if it's not the main focus. So, like, you looked at, like, the Halo, and it's not, like, realistic, obviously, but the Warthogs drive in a really fun way. Whereas other shooters or third-person action dames, you'll get into a car, and it'll just drive like a shit tank, you know? Well, to be fair, I don't know if that's vehicles working right, but vehicles working fun, hell yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what I saw. Right and fun are the same thing in my mind when it comes to driving. <laughs> uh, Joel, don't try to do that to your minivan. Don't try to do it to your minivan. <laughs> I don't have a minivan. I have a mini SUV. There we it's go. Com- I, I heard different. minivan. No, it's it's basically a minivan, except I paid 10000 more for it. So. Uh, there we go. That sure was a mouthful. Ha <laughs> ha! Shut up, Getty. Oh, guys, uh, what I just I had a passing thought after my beta here. What if every day when you were eating or talking, teeth were falling out of your mouth, and, and then Jewel, you just stop. lost them throughout the day, oh, and then re- stop, regrew no. them after you slept overnight each day? Quick, get us out of here. Let's hit the showers before getting to some news. Break time. <laughs> back back with the news not all the news just all the news fit to talk about okay kfc dating sim got announced i don't know how i got pigeonholed as this guy you know exactly how you got pigeonholed to be this guy yeah come on man charming colonel sanders a chicken coupling simulator i don't know about you guys but if you guys check out screenshots <laughs> that's a handsome man that is a handsome it's, man it's the colonel Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if it's the guys who did uh, Dream Daddy because it looks very similar to that kind of artwork. Nice kind of anime, very handsome. Oh, it's it's very sleek. anime. Uh, oh, yeah. I was told by my lawyer Richard that if we <laughs> are <laughs> if we aren't playing this for extra life, I don't know what we're doing with our lives. So that might be something we look into. All Se- right. Second one after news of tale of Telltale getting bought out, the Walking Dead Definitive Edition is back to Skybound, the, I think that's uh, Robert Kirkman. He, that's his video game company. He got his rights back to his game, and he is releasing The Walking Dead Divinitive Edition, all three seasons. Joel, do you think well, that's something you'd look into? I don't know. I already have the first and second one, and where you dropped off at the first one, the second one I felt like was my dropping-off point with that series. Not that, that I felt the second one was bad, it's just it, it didn't reach the same highs as the first one, and I, I kind of felt like I had seen what I needed out of the story at that point. Daddy, had you played the third one at all? Did not play the third one. Did you play any of them? Yeah, I played the first two. Oh, okay. I, I know the third one follows Clementine with an, another person so i, I it, it still follows her and i mean the the first one followed his name was lee i think yeah, lee. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and 
that first one had a really great dynamic between him and her and him always taking this father figure role with her and, and mentoring almost and it really just the second one didn't have the same kind of hooks in it no and, and it didn't have to have that same dynamic but it needed to find something new that was just as compelling and there were some great shocking moments in that there were some nice surprises in that second one but it, it was it was all kind of in the middle there weren't really any big high highs you know nah, it was kind of more the same anyway nobody trusts you everybody wants to kill you Someone people are the real that. monsters zombies just show up out of nowhere somehow they learn to move super fast at the wrong time <laughs> like uh, oh yeah. no that zombie's 60 meters out and now it's on top that of me. That first one, though, I just I felt like after the I was like that's a that's a good ending for that story. Like that's right. Really it was, what you need. It, it it very much could have ended there and be a nice self-contained story. And and maybe the way it should have been approached was that each season being its own self-contained story in the same world. But I, I bet they were probably a little antsy about trying to do that when they had such a hit on their hands. And I, I'm sure the second one did okay for him too. At the very least, it's nice that the stuff's still going to be available on platforms, so I'm not complaining about it. Yeah, yeah, Telltale, those kind of adventure games were a lot of fun, so I could see myself picking this up uh, a year or two down the line. You should give Life is Strange a try. You I should. I did. I did. I'm waiting for that All second season to finish. It's on Xbox Game Pass for oh, the first snap. three episodes. I, I think that's only for the console, though. Oh, well... See you. You need to borrow an Xbox One, I think. Do it. Mail it to him. <laughs> Mail me your Xbox. Yeah, that's not shady at all. Nope. Well, I, we might have another way to handle that. I've also mailed worse things. Uh, <laughs> Blu-ray copies is, of Zack and Mary that, make a porno. That's not that bad. If I, it was I, actual porno. I think that's federally banned. <laughs> With how bad it is? Yes. Resident Evil Project uh, Resistance. That oh, was, that's uh, what I forgot to do today. Announced. What was that? I forgot to sign up for the beta. Oh, yeah. yeah me too. Yeah, I, I signed up, that. guys. You guys are going to be crying when I'm playing... Uh, I what is, it, uh, what is it called where it's not everybody is on the same team? Asynchronous. Or is Asynchronous it, uh, multiplayer with a bunch of other randos, and then I'm going to say, hey, that game's okay and not, not amazing. You guys will cry then. <laughs> Actually, I was reading an article about it, and it mm-hmm. seems like the whoever's going to play it the person against the squad mm-hmm. that that's more interesting than the other games that we've seen so far why how so uh because that person actually is sitting in a room and they're monitoring all of the other oh. players mm-hmm. on monitors mm-hmm. and then employing traps and different uh objects either locking doors releasing zombies and then you can i guess at some point take over some of the creatures either a nemesis or a zombie to try and chase after people you but know that does sound interesting just like the dead by daylights in the friday the 13th you're pe- you're playing the monster and act- actively walking around in the landscape chasing the people down yeah and, and it is kind of interesting that idea that you're going to switch the script a little bit and have it be you not actually playing on the field but you being strategist and like pulling levers and screwing with the players in non-direct ways right so that's like it's like being a dungeon master in dungeons and dragons (laughs) but you guys know yeah this feels like this would make a perfect saw-esque game (laughs) yeah where you're watching behind the scenes and you're got all these devious traps that you're unleashing on 
on everybody as they walk through a maze. Yeah, I, I could get behind that. You know, the uh, saw license can't be that expensive anymore. No. Well, what's the budget look like this month, Joel? It's by um, us a copyright. Uh, yeah, I, d- I guess we're out of budget for that. Did I spend it on too many H games again? Uh, no, I've got about two Amiibo on the way. And, hey! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, to be fair, I think this is a game... There, This game idea is already an, in an indie game where you're, uh, you have a party of people in a dungeon and you're the DM throwing monsters at them and people can play as okay. party members. But I gotta, I gotta look into that. Get us on that one, Alex. Done. So the next piece of news, the final ending of Celeste was released, which it sounds cool, but I thought that game kind of ended nicely, so I don't but I didn't think it needed an extra chapter to say for and it's called farewell, but it adds 100 new levels. It's like, "Oh, that was it's a lot." I didn't know that it was actually story focused. I thought it was just like uh extra levels. Nope, it's like hard it's, mode stuff. It's supposedly a full ending, which I I thought it had a full ending, so well, I'll YouTube that down the line. I my my still ceiling was at the end of that level. Like I I was gritting my teeth and grinding them. Uh, they were falling out of my mouth as I was prying oh, off my tongue. Ah, come on! Yeah. <laughs> I should keep going back to this losing teeth shtick. Come on. Okay, I'll play. I'll play it, Joel. I'll tell you how it goes. Final Fantasy VII trailer from TGS. The Final Fantasy VII remake. Get did you see this? cannot get enough of final fantasy 7 right now dude Come that on. trailer was so good it was so good yeah you guys are right you just it just needs to look good and it needs to follow the right story beats and be well choreographed for the story like the different battle system as long as it's not complete garbage it'll be enough well they say it's I'm like looking a little more to... like final fantasy 15 which i like that combat system yeah i might play that someday you have my copy <laughs> and it's been sitting here since you sent it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, U.S. Postal Service. Yep. Do that, but that trailer, Don Cornero, uh, Tifa doing pull-ups, it had it all. Guys, I I really am excited to hear the music on a better platform than my crappy old box TV. Oh, that orchestral soundtrack. Th- there were so many layers added on top of the actual melody, and it, it swelled in this awesome way, and it's just, they better offer that somewhere on Spotify or on CD or something. Just, well, was, Joel, I'll, I'll tell you how it goes this weekend, because I'm seeing Distant Worlds on Saturday. Sick. Oh. Yep. Second <laughs> time. Those no regrets. Those are just so expensive. I, I can't get enough of it, guys. Yeah, It's so re- good. I ran into the same problem when we were looking at uh, tickets for the the Zelda orchestra thing that Nintendo did around different spots. It's just the the price tag is too much. And also, I, I did a little wary of those because I've seen some people share videos online of them, and it's a bunch of dweebs yelling out, woo, every time that their favorite song shows up. And it's like, yeah, this doesn't really feel like it's supposed to be like a rock concert, and you're kind of... You say that, screaming. though, until you go, woo! You're kind of screaming. And then he'll be screaming. Yeah, yeah, but you wouldn't be there to hear it, so it, it <laughs> didn't exist. See, Final Fantasy would be the one I'd go to, and maybe like for our anniversary next year, Beth would be cool with it, just because like she doesn't care about that music, but she does like oh. like like orchestras and like uh, reasons to like kind of dress up and go out to the city. I thought you were talking about our anniversary. Oh, <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm, me, it's, it's going to mandate. 
It's all going. <laughs> Nothing wrong with some mandates. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, the next piece of news is actually a pretty uh, jam-packed news segment. Star Ocean First Departure, which is this. I guess this isn't new news. I I just it never I never saw it that they had. Which oh, okay, so Star Ocean was a PlayStation One game, and the the one that came to America was Part Two, and it was I can't remember what it was called. Star Ocean Second voyage i think it was and it was a story of a, a kid uh who was part of an advanced federation that gets stuck in this planet that is more in the medieval times and he has to find a way to get off the planet but it's a rpg with a combat system almost similar to the Tales series and this is this the first game only was out in japan and then it came to psp so now that they're going to release it for ps4 with some updated hd graphics I am hyped. That, that's all. I, I, this is another game I'm going to end up trying to play in, in December this year. Well, are you really going to get it when it comes out? I think so. I mean, it just depends on how far I am in Death Stranding. Huh. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's a deciding factor. Uh, I have played the first and the second Star Ocean, and then the third and the fourth and the fifth. And uh, <laughs> I... Uh, I will tell you that this one's pretty good. I'm kind of intrigued to see how they really remaster it, though, because it wasn't uh, really something that you could touch up with the way that it originally came out. I, I really am partial to the pixelated little characters running around in, that, in combat. That, I think, stays the same. I think it's when they're out in the overworld. I think it's going to look mm. more like Final Fantasy, the Final Fantasy VIII Switch port. Okay. Eh, that, well, that's what I saw. We'll see how much they're asking for it. Probably 20. I'd be in on that. 100%. Uh, so the next piece of news, GameStop's closing 200 more stores as it, ras- as it rapidly comes apart at the seams. That's just sad because I kind of like having a physical store sometimes. I, uh, yeah, I, I put this one in there. And I mean, it's just, it's more of a sign of where we're headed, which is mostly digital nightmare and like obviously where you guys are at there's a little bit more variety of places where you can go for secondhand games and stuff mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. but around here we've got i mean it's mostly GameStop. we we had one shop nearby us that closed down it was about six months ago and then we have a local shop that still exists but like it's pretty rare with how much actual like stuff they have that's worthwhile outside of like the most recent stuff and also like half their store has uh rom hacks printed on cartridges huh. they, that they try to sell to you like like some weird chrono trigger sequel that they somebody rom hacked and <laughs> they bought in a cartridge <laughs> and just, just stuff like that where it's like you feel a little seedy going in there almost so they're not the perfect store but it is kind of a bummer that they're seemingly headed towards obliteration because like even even like walmart and target their stuff's shrinking down too and it's it's gonna suck having to rely on amazon for this kind of stuff. Now, uh, if physical games stay around, you don't think that it's moving towards full digitalization? That's my yeah. concern. Yeah, but I'm going to cling for dear life for as long as they exist. I, I think I think they're going to stick with it at least for the next generation, but I could see beyond that them finally bowing out. The yeah. problem I have is that this is going to raise hard drive prices for all these digital games. I mean, I already have six hard drives in my pc right now and how many of them are filled with filthy filthy things well one of them one is dedicated to <laughs> one and, and one Thank of those you, are our episodes <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's the half yeah 
<laughs> uh, with uh, Apple had their own little conference, a little right, but Apple, and they released all their new phones and Apple Watches, and they also talked about Apple Arcade, which is their gaming s- service. Which I also we didn't comment, but uh, I think Ubisoft had their their str- their gaming service go live this last week as well. But Apple Arcade huh. has a game called Exit the Gungeon. Huh. 2D platformer bullet hell shooter, but it's the guys, all the characters and the the developers from Enter the Gungeon. I kind of, I kind of wish it was on Steam. Yeah, yeah. Same with uh, Choo Choo Rocket. I hope also, that somehow makes just, its way outside of that too. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the thing is, they're kind of playing fast and loose with the exclusive title again, where it's like, oh, is it exclusive? I don't know. Might be for a little bit, and then it'll come out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, wait, think about this. The other one that I, I didn't, no one talked about, but I wanted to bring up, was that the guys who did, what was it? What was that Square game that was uh, like a Final Fantasy game, but it was for DS? Oh, uh, 3DS? for DS? Yeah. Bravely Default? Yeah. They came out, they came out with their own game on Apple, on the... Oh, really? Yeah, hmm. on, uh, what's it called? Apple Arcade. Huh. Let me find the name, though, because it was, it was like, Afterlife. It was, like, Pre-Life or something weird. Hold on, let me second say. Life. No, not Second Life. <laughs> uh, okay, so now, Joel, tell me about Ring Fit Adventure. Nope. <laughs> I'm being vetoed. <laughs> no, no, you can. It's just... <laughs> Give it to me, Joel. This all sounds no. really funny. <laughs> This yeah, is this yeah. is the revival. This is like the weird revival slash bastardization of We Fit. Yeah, <laughs> so like it, they're they're trying to gamify exercise again. It looks like some kind of resistance ring, like a rubber ring, as well as like a, a leg strap, and you put a Joy-Con in each one, and it is tied together with some sort of adventure RPG game. So like they showed a video, and you set yourself up with the thing around your leg and holding the the rubber circle, and you actually have to run in place to move on the map. This is ramshackle as hell. <sighs> and, and then like the battles, the battle system is this color coded thing where like if you're a certain color, it'll be like aerobic exercises to an, an act an attack. If it's a different color, you have to do, like, resistance training moves to do an attack. Uh, to block, you have to, like, hold a stance like you're doing an ab crunch <laughs> against an attack. And then, like, other ones would be, like, Bleh. doing yoga moves and stuff like that. It's just, it's absurd. <laughs> that all sounds fantastic. You know, I'm not opposed to physical exercise, but this is... Why? Because well, there are people that literally won't exercise unless you gamify it. Also, I, I mean that's also. Yeah. Well, I have two things to say on that. Everyone wants everyone's like, oh, you know, be the perfect VR if you're just like on a 3D treadmill. And no. no, no, just get on a treadmill and play on your Switch. And uh, <laughs> shout perfect out to someone who will never listen. Uh, I've I don't know. I've been in a weird, weird funk lately where I, I don't want to watch anything I normally want to watch. Like in the ba- as background noise, I've been putting on a Twitch stream, which again I don't even I don't watch Twitch streamers, but there mm-hmm. there's a guy who does Apex Legend, but he also gives fitness tips for most of the way, and the guy seems pretty fit, and hmm. uh, he talks about gamifying. He goes, yeah, I, you know, I want to if I lift ten more pounds, it's like I level up, you know. I just every day I'm just getting more experience and getting more experience and get more experience, and then I get you know I, I break I get to a new level where I'm like lifting even heavier, and then I just I level up, and I'm like, man. It's really like getting into fitness right now. Oh, and uh, as for what we were going back to what I was saying before, the new game from the people who made Octopath Traveler and Bravely Default, 
Various Day Life. I, that's that's okay. no better than Bravely Default as or a name. Or Octopath Traveler. That actually no, that makes one more makes sense. sense. Does it? Yeah. What they did with this title is just throw a whole bunch of words together and hope that it made sense. Yeah. You just wish it was called Octodad Traveler. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. Okay. Is that where he abandons his family and travels across the country? As a bard. Nobody suspected a thing. Yeah. Nobody suspected a thing. Well, I hope you guys don't chicken out this November when we play the KFC dating sim for Extra Life. I am on fire! On to the break. That was foul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Time for the backlog blog, where we play games that we've had in our back catalog for a long time because we forgot we had them because we blacked out drinking White Claw. <laughs> <laughs> What's White no. Claw? No, no. <laughs> we'll get no. to that later, Joel. I'll explain to you when you're older. Okay. Getty, you were talking to me about some Far Cry New Dawn. Wait, you don't want to hear about Trials Fusion? <laughs> what, Joel, what I'm about? moving... What about Lion King or Aladdin on Super NES? Or now, you remember cool that time spot? I got bumped for three weeks so that we could not talk about anime boobs? Also, fuck the Aladdin on SNES. That's what I said. <laughs> that game is surprisingly better than Lion King. Like, well, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Okay, but it's still shit. I, just, I like the Sega Genesis one better. Now, Far Cry New Dawn. I just want to preface this by saying that whenever they release a numbered Far Cry, at least after the first two they will use the same engine as the last numbered one and make a side content game that will be shorter and generally cheaper but completely different so with far cry 3 they had that one neon 80s action film one yeah wasn't it like dragon blood or something like that yes and then with far cry 4 it was prime uh, primal where you are a caveman and now we have Far Cry New Dawn, which actually the interesting part about this is that it is almost the direct sequel, but they made it a f- almost like a post-apocalyptic Fallout-style yeah. game, I, but it's still Far Cry. I remember yeah. the trailer being a lot of uh, paint splashes across uh, some, like you said, post-apocalyptic uh, scenery and a lot of kind of rah-rah girl power. Does it? That's a duo of girls sort of being the protagonist, right? Yep. And twins. Yeah. That's all I ever knew about it. Oh, well, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, so like uh, like you were saying, Alex, this is pretty much a direct sequel. It takes place at least some years later. And Joel, all of the vibrant colors actually make the post-apocalyptic landscape pop. It's oh, not cool. as uh, it's not as bleak or as barren as you would get with a Fallout game, where everything is just a dusty, sandy, like gray, brown. Yeah. Is, yeah, like, was, is the Statue like of Limitations on on spoilers for Far Cry Five past now? I I mean if I I didn't even play Five and I ended up picking up this one just because it looked a lot more uh, uh, you know interesting to me. Then can I spoil our Far Cry Five then? I'm never gonna play it. Uh, you, I guess we should put a spoiler warning here and then right. you can go ahead and tell everybody. Spoilers for the ending of Far Cry Five. There we go. We got there. The ending of Far Cry Five. They just nuke the villain 
and you're, you and the villain are stuck in a bomb shelter. That's legitimately the ending, is that you and the villain get in a bomb shelter, and they nuke the entire city. So, and he doesn't die, because no, he he's, doesn't. In, he's in this sequel. So that's why we have Far Cry New Dawn, and it's in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. It's just interesting that a Far Cry ending ends with them like, you know what, screw it, we're done, with, we're done here, just nuke him. Okay, go ahead, well, continue. Yeah, uh, so that's it's kind of like the feeling, that's how it picks up at the beginning of the game. You get the impression that it's post-apocalyptic. This did something a little bit different. I don't remember it ever happening in any of the previous Far Cry games, but you had to pick a gender. Mm, that, that wasn't a thing before. Yeah, at least none of the ones that I ever played before now. Uh, which, one, two, and four, never played uh, three or five. Mm-hmm. So, I thought that was a little interesting, although I don't think it makes any difference to the gameplay itself. But the plot is uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, you're a hired gun. You're gonna save. You're gonna save everybody. You're helping to rebuild civilization, and it opens with a train wreck because the the twins have sabotaged your route down the coast. And uh, I mean, it's train tracks. Uh, they probably knew that you were coming a mile away. Yeah. So one of the things that was really cool to me uh, at the beginning of the game, after the train crashes, you're running around. You're trying to escape. But there's a train car with all of the normal weapons, as far as I understand it, from Far Cry 5. So you get, like, regular-ass rocket launcher, assault rifles, handguns, shotguns, uh, but you don't get to take it with you. Because, da-da-da-da, as you're escaping, you fall down a cliff, and that's where the real story starts. Hmm. So there's actually more to it, I just don't want to spoil the story too much. But there's a lot that goes on. After you fall down, you're you're moving along, you're trying to escape. You run into one of the, the main characters, and she's bringing you back to the main city, or the town of Sanctuary, okay. if I remember correctly, so that you can help to rebuild. Uh, you, you build a gun, a saw blade gun, and it's really weird, but it, it shoots saw blades that can ricochet off of different nice. objects. <laughs> yeah, uh, so you don't have to have very good aim. It's it's kind of fun, and uh, as the game goes on, you can actually upgrade that saw blade gun so they can shoot three saw blades at once, and that's where it gets extra murdery. Ooh. I like so I, you know, it's been a while since I've had a good saw blade gun. The, the gravity gun. Half life. Half life. Gravity gun. Yeah. And you pick up the saw blades and shoot them at people. Mm-hmm. See, see, I was thinking actually like a saw blade on the gun itself, kind of like the uh, the gun blade from Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. What, what the hell was that? <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Joel is... What, what the hell was that? <laughs> Joel is messing with the show notes mid-show... <laughs> And was on, that I'll put it back? A, Hold on, I'll put it was back. Was that a picture of a girl holding the the like <laughs> Nintendo Switch ring with the ring face? Oh my god! Yep. Oh, and that's why I deleted it from the show notes. <laughs> At first, I thought he was deleting all of your notes, Alex. <laughs> no, he oh. mess- no. First, he messaged it to me on Discord. <laughs> what the hell? Oh. <laughs> uh. No, nope, sorry. Not good. Go on. <laughs> so, oh, oh my God, I can't unsee that. 
it's it's in my brain. It's in my so this brain. Uh, this home city that you get, I really probably should have written down the name. I, I fe- it feels like a sanctuary to me. Yeah. Maybe it was called Haven. Either way, you uh, you kind of tasked as the protector of this town in. Uh, in the post-apocalyptic wasteland. You find different NPCs that help you unlock different areas inside of the town, and then you can eventually level up the city so that it's got uh, more resources. You can upgrade it so that you have more weapons to choose from, cars, uh, not just limited to cars, you can still get planes and boats in this one, along with uh, better healing, and also maps to find all of the creatures in case that's your your main objective is to fish and hunt game which is which uh, is kind of par for the course in a far cry game yeah of course uh, there's also some entertaining side missions uh, where you get to like play in the thunderdome there's one with a fight club ooh yeah and all of these they kind of help you to unlock the different companions that you have uh, there's i want to say uh, eight eight different companions that you can choose from but my favorite was the dog did you get just because? Did you get cheeseburger the bear? There was no bear. There okay. was a boar. That's in. There was that, no, that's in Far Cry Five. There was a okay. bear named Cheeseburger. Nope. There was a a boar, a dog, uh, just a regular random chick, an old lady. There was a a guy with just a mask on, and he was called the Judge. Cool. Uh, there was a crazy version of Herc. If you remember in Far Cry Four, there was a Herc as well i do yeah but this was like country inbred like it thinks scooter from borderlands okay like that kind of like yeah man this is crazy joel, let's you, just blow you, shit up joel you get that reference i do he was the guy like where the cars live <laughs> get you oh. one <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah he was always talking about his mom like my mom's crazy oh no. okay all right yeah <laughs> Uh, kind of like, kind of like Boomhauer, if you're thinking okay. King of the Hill. Fair, fair. That's that's more uh, up my alley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this game is uh, like Alex had previously described, fairly short. I I wanted to platinum it, but because you need another person, and I didn't want to force anybody else to buy it, I just uh, went ahead and completed the story. It was definitely worth it. I got it for pretty cheap, used on sale. And story-wise, you know, it's not the, the greatest thing that the series has ever done. It had me rolling my eyes at some points, but it was still entertaining enough that I was able to, to make it through and enjoy myself. You should reach out to uh, listener Chris Dezak to see if he bought it. He might be able to help you out with that platinum. Listener Chris Dezak? Yeah, he's a, he likes those games. Friend of the show, not friend in real life. Friend, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> uh, so Getty uh, from listening from what you're saying I, I'm getting the sense that this is very much a game where if you liked Far Cry you'll probably like this one well enough if you couldn't get into Far Cry before this is not going to convert you into a fan am I reading that right? yeah it's not going to convert anybody but if you're just looking for some mindless fun something to take the edge off I do recommend it it's not a uh, too heavy on the storyline sometimes it feels like it's trying to like force it down your throat but it's just entertaining if nothing else that's awesome okay i like it now for our next game in the backlog blog i just kind of wanted to real quick touch on a game that i'm always kind of playing 
Uh, that mm-hmm. game being Rainbow Six Siege. And Joel, I made you buy this one with me. I was like, man, you need to play this with me. Yeah, it's a fun game. I just I, I have had a harder and harder time sticking with uh, persistent games like this. Well, it's it, it's for me. This is one of the ones that I, again, I have very I, I have games in set categories in my life, and this is one of the many Alex time wasters. It is the evolution of CS:GO to me. And I've played this game for 60 hours, and it, it just like CSGO, you have matches. And the matches are generally save the hostage, disarm the bomb, neutralize the nuclear waste. And you have the defense and the offensive team. Uh, you start where, if you're on the defensive team, you'll be putting up big metal walls against the regular walls. You'll be in like a house or a ship that's stuck in the ice or in a, in a, a ghetto in... Saudi Arabia, or you'll be in a, in a high-rise, all these different things. You'll be in a mansion, you'll be in a broken-down hotel, and you will put, like, metal walls to reinforce the regular walls. You'll be setting traps, you'll be boarding up windows, boarding up doorways, just really getting ready because you know the other team's coming. The offensive team will start with remote control car drones, and they are trying to find the bomb, the hostage, the nuclear waste, whatever they're trying to find. And if they find it, it'll be placed on their map. And you can the other team defensively can shoot the remote control drones. But you're just trying to make sure that... Because so, otherwise, it's harder for them to find it when they're roaming around in the buildings. This is a hero-based shooter, though. So there are dozens and... I want to say... the 30s, 30 different heroes that you can choose from that all have special abilities. They all have different types of guns that they can choose from, but also will have very intricate and very specific abilities that will hinder or help the other the teams as you progress. Like what? Well, the reason why you put up those metal walls is because some people can just smash down walls, or someone can use a, to- a blowtorch to just make a little tiny hole enough for them to put their gun sh- through and shoot people. Or there will be somebody, there's a hacker... Who will hack your phone like uh, you'll be if I press the hack phone button ability the other team his phone will start buzzing going mm, 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 and he has to oh, take his phone and hit the silence button on his phone and that <laughs> that but that audio cue will show on the map as they're in this area like there's a sound there yes yeah so but can you visually tell by looking at the characters what their abilities are kind of like in overwatch how if you see McCree, you know that he's going to start saying it's high noon? No, unfortunately not. Ugh. But it's just that the, the abilities are so varied and so intricate. Like, sometimes there will be a guy with a tank. Like, or with a shield, I'm sorry, with a shield. He'll be the tank. But sometimes their shields have a crossbow attached. Sometimes their shields have a stun gun. And the defensive team, there'll be a guy who can place a router. He puts down a router. And the router will make it so that any remote control cars that come near wherever he puts the router, would you want to put it at a doorway, like in front of the objective? If any of the remote control cars come near it, they die. They can't move anymore because it's being blocked. So, mm-hmm. so they isn't have, that like a clear sign of where people are going to be then, though? Yes, it is. But I mean, you can just do it on the path up, so it's like, oh, this general area, but we still can't get there. Okay. Yeah, and also, I think like, when you find it, it puts it on the map in your face. And so it'll always be on the map from there. If you don't actually see it, you're just like, well, I know it's in that area. I just got to remember how to get there. Okay. Yeah. So the, 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 the abilities are very intricate. Only problem is that all of the characters are released in seasons. So there are purchases involved. I think you get the first eight to ten 
when you buy the game. And then first they, taste is free. Yep, but they keep adding new ones. A new one, like two new ones, were just added. It just keep and it's this game is like three to five years old. It's it's still going strong. I go in there. I have no problems finding matches. I hop in there. And the other part that's interesting is it's not uh everyone's a bullet sponge. It's like you get hit with three bullets and you're done. Mm-hmm. So I like the realism there. Most walls, windows, doors, and some ceilings are just indestruct are just destructible. So it makes it even more like nerve wracking and makes you paranoid because you will be hunkered in a corner, laying down with your gun, hoping that somebody doesn't come in through the floor at you. So that's that's like my favorite part about it. Is it again any given time someone could just like you can repel, you can throw a rope up, climb up the side of the building, and then just crash through a wall if you have the right character. It's like what the hell? Where'd that guy come from? You can't just come through a wall, but all walls are pretty much up for up for grabs. Got some red faction uh, love in there. Exactly. Yeah, the, this this whole game, the the matchups are just constantly tense. I don't know about you, but when I play it, I feel vulnerable the entire time that you're playing because of that limited lifespan. Because everybody has different abilities that if you're not like um some of you plays this as your main game, you're not going to be familiar with quite yet. So you're not really on solid footing, and then. The, the shooting itself is very quick. So uh, once somebody's gotten a good shot off on you once, there's a good chance they're going to pin you down uh, unless you're close enough to a wall where you can hide out for a second. So it's I appreciate that for what it is. It's, it's a nice change of pace from something like an Overwatch or uh, other team-based shooters that give you a little bit more lifespan than that. Yeah, headshots kill. And I've been play- I played 60 hours, but I guess that's not much over the course of two years. But I still like come back in there and be like, oh, that's I didn't. I guess I didn't realize that they had a a giant mansion in here. Or when did they? <laughs> when did we go to Argentina and are in the slums of Argentina? Cool. I, di- I didn't realize anything. So they just keep adding all this new stuff, and the game is still fresh and still going. And I like it's a good time waster for me. Yeah, okay. I'd love to. I'd love to get your. I'd like to get you in on this, if only because of how how much you like CS:GO. Well, you had me play a couple of matches at your house, but you didn't really like tell me what was going on. You're like, here, hold this. <laughs> All right, shoot that guy. No, hide. Why aren't you building stuff? And I was like, what do you mean building stuff? And you're like, oh god damn it. It it really does scratch that same itch from my viewpoint, uh, except it has a little bit more robust options and you know different classes. Uh, I will say that like, I do like this game a lot for what it is. Uh, if I have a gripe at all, it's that much like Overwatch, it feels like they're adding so many different character classes and things where you don't have a good idea of what's a good counter to what. And also that there's so many of them that you know it's almost impossible to have a good idea of what to prepare for. So you're not really choosing a character based off of a counter as much as which one you might feel most comfortable with their abilities. And it's not necessarily the way I like to play these. Yeah. No, I can... That's why I kind of struggle to... with Again, I've been playing 60 hours, and I'm still like, man, I should I should play something else, because I'm otherwise I need to just, like, sit down and dedicate my time to it and really, like, dig in and learn. And I still like it as a time waster, so I'm not, I'm not doing that. So that is Rainbow Six Siege.
uh, let's go ahead and move into our bonus segment. We got a new segment that we were trying to pitch here. What'd you think? I was going to make a dad pun here? Yeah. Well, this week's bonus segment is a far cry from our normal routine. Ha! Oh, come on. Our new segment, Sometimes Dead is Better. Sometimes Dead is Better is our new segment where we discuss either a franchise that we think, hey, take a break, step back, you don't, you don't, you don't need to make another sequel, or a franchise that's been dead for long enough that we think, hey, maybe this needs to come back. Getty, do you want to start us off this week? Yeah, I guess I will. Uh, so I went the route of a game that I would love to see brought back. Now, uh, you guys have to tell me if you ever heard of or played this game on the PlayStation 2, Shadow Hearts. I am not familiar with that, no. Uh, absolutely no. I have no idea what this is, and I am currently Googling it. Yep. Well, I'll try and uh, fill you in on it a little bit. But So uh, Shadow Hearts was a JRPG on the PlayStation 2. It had uh, very Lovecraftian elements to it. So your characters are all kind of spiritual warriors in a way, and you're trying to go through and save humanity from all of these weird monsters and demons that are haunting the world. One of the things in the series that really resonated with me was in the first game. You are just going along, minding your own business, uh, and you come across this village of people. Uh, it seems like a normal village, so you decide you're going to stop and stay the night. Mm -hmm. But then, in the middle of the night, uh, all this weird stuff starts to happen. Strange scratching out the, the door of the hut that you're in, a weird howling. And you go out, and uh, basically all hell is revealed. Uh, it's like monsters have taken over the village. Nice. And you have to fend off and fight against them. The battle mechanic in this was really interesting. So... You know how usually there's there's some kind of catch or there's some kind of hook? There's this judgment ring. So the judgment ring, it circles around. So if you decide you're going to attack, it'll start at 12 o'clock and it'll sweep around. So there's these little pieces, these little squares that are taken out of it. And that's mm -hmm. where you have to time your attack and hit it just right in order to make sure that your character attacks. If you miss, uh, you miss your attack. But if you get it in the golden part of the ring or the golden part of the wedge, it's mm -hmm. a regular attack. If you hit the red part, because each one of these triangles has a gold and red, then it's a critical. So if you're really good at it, you can chain three critical attacks in one shot. Now, here's something that I hadn't thought about until much further after, but it has elements of Persona in it. Ooh, okay, now yeah. you're speaking my language. Go on. So not until having played Persona 5 did I realize, because I didn't really get into any of the other Personas uh, back until Persona 5, but you can summon these different uh, creatures. If I remember correctly, uh, uh, they're just kind of spirits to aid you in battle mm -hmm. and that will help you. But you can collect them, uh, you can unlock them when the main character goes to the graveyard after you hit a save point. So if you hit the save point, you can go to the graveyard and try and unlock more of these creatures to fight along you, alongside you and help you out. It's kind of like how uh, you get your persona uh, and it merges with you and you're able to do all these nifty and different skills. Yeah. So 
just remembering back and playing through it, it was kind of a weird, exciting uh, game. Mostly because I really like those dark elements. In, you like the theme. Yeah, I really like the theme, but kind of reminiscing about it, I remember that now, if I had originally played Persona, I probably would have liked this even more, or I would have felt like it had a lot more to do with that series. Okay, that's a good choice. Uh, a game that I had never heard of. I had, last game came no, out either. in 2001. So, oh, did they have a sequel? Uh, they had a couple of sequels, but nothing that ever got as much steam, and it's been dead for, oh, 2004. So it's been in the ground for about 15 years now. Hmm. See, now I gotta look at mine, because Joel is still deciding, but <laughs> I am Bring going back F-Zero, you cowards. <laughs> <laughs> you, every time there is a Nintendo Direct, our friends like to wildly speculate what what's could it be what could it be what could it be and joel every single solitary time is it's probably gonna be a new f-zero they should probably do f-zero is there another f-zero they, sh- I hope they should there, there's a generation of kids that think that captain falcon is from super smash brothers it's Isn't a travesty he, he is from oh, super smash brothers them's fighting words come at me I'll fight you. <laughs> you have to wait far. till November. I'll, I'll see you soon enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I sent uh, you the beta for Vector. That should that should hide you over uh, somewhere. I'm not going to judge on that yet. But everything else I've played is varying from acceptable to cheap imitation. And I had written down Infamous and Katamari Damacy too as oh, possibility. Infamous. But but those are all ones that are still breathing some life into it i want to raise this corpse from the dead give me f-zero damn it again how's our budget looking you think we can buy the rights to f-zero no it's too expensive uh, nintendo has everything at a uh, no they they have they have too many mario kart 8 dlcs to sell because <laughs> that that's basically the only way they've acknowledged it is that and a cheap crappy mini game on wii u yeah i remember that not great no one day, Joel. One day. Let's hold out hope. I don't think so, but no, that he he sits feet under. It's okay. No, see, that just it just doesn't make sense to me to not have one. Like like Mario Kart can't be your only racing game because it's a very type specific type of racing game, and we're not gonna get like a Gran Turismo style like realistic car driving game. So switch it so, up. But so it's I'm- Mario Kart. I would say in general, I, I I don't think the racing genre is very in vogue right now, That's unless true. you're a Forza or a kart racer. There was a time, in, especially in the PS1, PS2 era, where it seemed like everybody was producing some futuristic racer of some kind. And even on N64, there was a few, not just uh, F-Zero. Not but, my game, but I'm still hoping for Jet Set Radio. Or not just a Radio. Jet, well, Jet Moto. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's another good one. Or, I mean... Maybe it's not good, but I had a lot of fun with it. <laughs> I did. I did so. Wait, uh, for mine, I chose Wild Arms. Like Getty, I also chose a JRPG, if only because they are the vogue these days. Wild Arms mm-hmm. was a turn-based RPG, pixel art, a la a like like a Final Fantasy, like a Final Fantasy six or seven. But uh, it was for PlayStation One, and has continued on. I think uh, up until uh, the last real game was for PSP, and then they just recently released a smartphone game in Japan only. But, oh, well, that's not fair. 
Mm-hmm. The what stood out for me for Wild Arms, and this is a, just just so people know what it is, turn-based RPG. But the the theme for it, while well, uh, in Shadow Hearts, it was Lovecraft. Wild Arms was a Western. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I loved the idea of having a Western story, gunslingers, and your weapons weren't swords. You were equipping, oh, this guy's got a pistol, the lady's got a submachine gun, and this guy's got a shotgun. And then I, I feel like if they were to make a new one, it's easy enough to upgrade your parts. Why don't you put some poison on your bullets? Make some status effects happen, you know what I mean? Get higher crits. Get one. Well, get you know a shotgun that can hit multiple enemies. It, it can go on and on. If you remember in the first one, it wasn't so much a focus on the guns. Those were a special attack that you could use. Oh, yeah, and they also had like a sword or a knife and stuff like that. Yeah, and then when you moved on to the second and third ones, it was all about the guns, and then you'd have other abilities. Like, uh, I want to say in 3, the one of the main characters, she had twin revolvers. So her regular attack would be to just fire one revolver, or if you did her special, she'd just unload. Yes. And I, I just, I like the theme, and the, it always had a cool anime intro that had the the Western-style st- theme with, like, you know, like a, whis- a slide whistle, and then you, like, just get, like, a real slow <laughs> rumbling, almost like a, like a rawhide. And that theme song, though. Yeah. Yeah. I ev- still hum it sometimes. I, I it's, it's ingrained in my brain forever. That the first one at least, and I I liked th- two and three as well. I didn't play four or five; those were on PS2. And sadly, PS2 is kind of where I started checking out video games for a little bit. I came back at the end of PS3, so I missed a lot of PS2 games. Uh, one thing to note, though, there was a game that was similar that came out called Resonance of Fate, and I got very excited when that came out, and I got the remaster on PS4, where it's a similar idea. It's just that their turn-based mechanics weren't turn like your turn use or your ability it was your turn and then you run in a point and do attacks as you walk along a path and it just it it was really complicated and became very hard to parse through Hmm. but uh wild arms is the way to go resident of fate what residents of fate was a good try but i would like to bring back wild arms i I think there's space for it yeah this really feels like a weird second coming of the RPG and especially the JRPG with just how much stuff is being flooded to current gen consoles. The only other one I can think of that I'd be curious to see if it came back was uh, Saga Frontier. Yeah. In a way, isn't it coming back? uh, How so? Uh, I thought that was on one of the last Nindie... No? It may have been. I, uh... Honestly, my only problem with the JRPG stuff is there's just too much for me to consider trying right now. That, that's the only downside of it. Yeah, and see, Paralysis really by too much choice. It. And see, that was my that was my golden age of gaming was the PS One, and I was taking every JRPG they could give me. Right. Uh, that's really like I think that that was in my I, as soon as I I started playing uh, when PS One came out, I still I that was like I still like I'm gonna play Final Fantasy VI because I never played it before, and ever since then I just like well what do we got what do we got what do we got I gotta I gotta mm. breeze through all of this. And there was a luxury of choice too. Like mm-hmm. it was, there was so much out there at the time. Yeah, that was sometimes dead is better. I had a lot of fun with that one. I'd like to keep going with that. Maybe next time we all just make a series of games that we think should take a break. Yep. But for now, let's move on to our one last thing. One last thing, where we give one little blurb, one last sentence, just a note to send us off into the weekend, as always. 
My one last thing, my apologies for the technical issues with Multiplayer Monday this week. But I'll be back next week pending our internet getting better. And also, I will continue <laughs> to argue with internet Facebook people for my comments on Blasphemous. <laughs> but for now, it's off to Riot Fest. I'll see you suckers Monday. Getty? Alright guys, I'm leaving right now to pick up my copy of Borderlands 3. You enjoy. All the patching. Yeah. Joel? Uh, we're about a week removed from Zelda Link's Awakening and Untitled Goose Game. Guess which one I'm going to play first. Goose. Goose. Duck. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't quite work, did it? Oh, no. Nope. Well. And that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at SuperGGRadio and Twitch.tv slash SuperGGRadio where Metal Gear Hartwig, Kevin Eater, Dinner Eater? I don't know what he's calling it. Will yeah. be on par for tomorrow. My favorite Metal Gear. Sadly, I won't be around, but I will try to make it a point to watch that stream. I did watch that, that stream entirely in the first episode. It was really, really good. He made good progress. Yeah. Uh, and then I will be back for Multiplayer Mondays. Joel, you will be doing 2D Tuesdays next week? Most likely. We'll see what we uh, suffer through this time. And uh, again, if... I don't know. I think Borderlands 3 might be taking up all of Stephen Getty's time for their Sunday stream, so we'll see what happens with that. Two housekeeping notes. First off, I'd like to say a big shout-out and thank you to the developers of Casa, Voices of the Dark. Really great for shouting us out from our episode uh, episode 25, where we discussed Casa Voices of the Dark. They liked what we, they liked what we had to say, and uh, they were nice enough to shout us out, so just want to say thank you guys. Second piece of housekeeping, also we're starting our campaign for Extra Life in November. Official date, November 16th. So if you'd like to stream for our team, or just donate to our charity, it all goes to the Children's Miracle Network. And we are promoting ongoing until the event in November, where all three of your favorite hosts here We'll get together to stream our shenanigans for 24 hours. Yes, we got Joel. Yeah, you got Steve. Oh, come on. Uh, He'll be there. Steve said yes. You never answered my question last week. What's Extra Life? We will also involve anyone watching the games, (laughs) requests, and video game giveaways. So stay tuned. Links will be in the show notes for donations as well as a post to our subreddit and WordPress. And if you'd like to reach some questions or hate mail, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com. And provide a review on iTunes with a fast food dating sim of your choice. We shouldn't invite hate mail. We should only invite spam. So if you feel inclined to send us more information on how we can sample the finest... Uh, Please forward your phishing emails to superggradio at gmail.com. Uh, here, what's the la- what was the last one we find? Uh, oh, this one, if we need financial help... Uh, and then the other one was whether we want to try Mary Kay. So if you'd like to... Oh, we've got a new one. Uh, we'd like to reach us about $5,000 large sweepstakes. Please forward that all to superggradio at gmail.com. Was that from Andrew Yang? No, we somehow got in this samples uh, email. Samples at this sample. Samples of what? Sample that at this sample.com. All right, let's sample? sample it. I don't know, but we're getting like 17 emails a day, so get on that. Nice. Thank you for listening. GG, Joel. Good game. Good game, Getty. GG. Good night, everybody.